Does your business spark joy? Or are you overwhelmed by the piles of business clutter that have grown up around you over the years? Maybe you have dusty products in one corner of your business, crusty old marketing assets in another, and a mess of outdated prospects in yet another. If you're like me, that kind of business clutter can weigh heavy on your mind. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you honest conversations about what's working to run and grow small businesses today. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. Six months after I started my very first website, I had the opportunity to purchase a website from a friend who wanted to get out of the blogging scene. She had a much bigger audience than I did, and she had a global platform. I seized the opportunity, and I used it to catapult my ambitions into the big time. But a few years after that initial purchase, I'd moved on to other things. I was coaching and teaching business to a different audience and using my own name as my brand. And yet, that website persisted. I had a team member manage the editorial calendar and guest contributions. We'd stopped selling ads, so the site wasn't generating any revenue directly, but we occasionally used it to promote other offers. On paper, the website didn't take up any of my time or energy. But mentally, that was a different story. Of course, I only discovered the mental load of that website when I decided to sell it. When I finally handed off the keys to the domain name, the email list, and the web host, I realized just how much the upkeep of that website contributed to my baseline stress level. What a relief. I wish I could say that that was the only time an old opportunity took up space in my brain, but it certainly was not. In fact, it's not true today. For instance, I don't use my Twitter account at all anymore, but I still have it on my phone. My account is still active. People occasionally still tweet at me with questions or with thanks. I don't and won't promote my old books anymore, but they're still available on Amazon under my old name. People still buy them. I don't use plenty of old Facebook groups that I belong to, but I still get notifications from them. You see, the clutter piles up. I might not be tripping over it like I trip over the clutter in my house, but it would be silly to think that it doesn't impact my day-to-day life or my ability to create results for my business. So today, I want to share three ways I've been cleaning up my own business with ideas for how you can do the same. But first, I want to let you know that March is spring cleaning month here at What Works and at the What Works Network. We're hosting our next virtual conference on March 21st with four different ways you can tidy up your own business. Well, what's a virtual conference? Well, we host these events every quarter at the What Works Network. They're community-wide collaborative learning experiences that you can attend from anywhere. And yes, they're recorded if you can't make it live. So let me run it down for you. Our members gather together in our virtual conference space on Crowdcast starting at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Our first session sets the stage for the day, and I guide you through some reflection and conversation on the areas of your business you might need to clean up. In the second session, I'll speak with Kyla Roma about how streamlining your business model can lead to a smaller workload and bigger profit margins. In the third session, Helen Tremethic joins me to talk about tidying up your message and your website copy. Then we'll meet for an integration session. This session is designed to give you the space to dig further into what we've talked about so far and start making a plan for implementation so you don't get overwhelmed by all the great ideas. 
In the fifth session, I'll be talking to Andrea Jones about how to reduce your workload when it comes to social media. And finally, in our sixth session, we'll close things out with Ashley Garland, who will share actionable ideas for maximizing your time and streamlining your schedule. Now, all throughout the day, you can chat along with What Works members, ask questions, and become part of the conversation. It's more interactive and collaborative than an in-person conference, and you don't even have to leave your home office. This virtual conference is only available to What Works Network members, though. So if you want to join us, go to explorewhatworks.com slash network and request your invitation. Then save the date from March 21st for our spring cleaning virtual conference. Now, like I mentioned earlier, I've put a good bit of energy into cleaning up my business over the last couple of years. It's no secret that my business has evolved quite a bit in the 10 years I've been working online, and you can hear more about that in episode 181. That means I've accumulated plenty of business clutter. Now, the first place I started cleaning things up was our company expenses. You know, you got to follow the money. If you're like me, you sign up for all sorts of services looking for something that's going to help you reach more people or remove some manual work from your schedule. Now, about twice per year, I grab my expense report and go line by line through the services we're currently paying for. If there's anything on there that we're not using or rarely using, I cancel it. I also look for the things that just aren't really pulling their own weight anymore. As my friend Jaquette Timmons would say, every expense on that report needs to fight for the right to stay there. Once I'm done with this process, it's not uncommon for me to save the company $1,500 or more per year in recurring expenses. Now, just like any decluttering project, it would be easy to get down on myself for wasting money. But I choose to remember that those services had a use at some point, and there's no shame in the business evolving. If it's been too long since you tidied up your business expenses, make a date with yourself to do just that. Run your expense report or ask your bookkeeper to do it and start going down the list one by one. Make a first pass on it to take notes of the things that you know without a doubt you can get rid of. Then take a second and maybe even a third pass on that list and consider the things that you're only still paying for because getting rid of it would be a pain. If it's not adding significant value to your business operations, it doesn't need to be there. Getting rid of it will feel better and it'll save you money too. Now, the second way I've been cleaning up my business is by streamlining our payment systems. Payment processing has changed a lot in the last decade. And by that, I mean the services we use to accept payments from customers. And because we have members who have been around for years and years, as well as products that have been available for just as long, that means we have had people paying through a bunch of different systems. And that can get confusing. We actually have a monstrous spreadsheet to keep track of it all. And things still get overlooked and still are confusing. So we started cleaning these things up. Sometimes that meant cutting off places people could buy from us, like getting rid of our ebook shop. Other times, it meant sacrificing old sources of recurring revenue to streamline our offers. Slowly but surely, we've gotten things to the point where 95% of our revenue flows through Stripe and that only two companies, Samcart and Mighty Networks, process our payments. This has been a huge help to the folks on the team who manage customer service, as well as a huge mental burden lifted. 
Now, if this mess sounds familiar, it's time to take an audit of your own payment processing. Make a list of all the ways you currently get paid. Invoices, PayPal, bank transfers, Stripe, Gumroad, WooCommerce, all of them. Then, similarly to the expense report, consider which payment processors and the offers attached to them are actually adding value to your business operations. Is it possible that some of those processors are only there to support old products you don't really need to be selling in the first place? When was the last time someone actually paid you through one of those systems? Once you've taken inventory of how you're getting paid and what you're getting paid for, then you can make a much more informed decision about what you can get rid of and what needs to stay. Finally, the third way I've been cleaning up my business is by streamlining our brand. Now, like I mentioned, I initially shared some behind the scenes on this in episode 181. I also recently shared the story with Joanna Penn on her fabulous podcast, The Creative Pen. But I want to get into more of the nitty gritty now because I think this is a pretty common problem for digital small business owners. I am very much an experimenter when it comes to my business. If I have a hunch or an idea, I'll arrange an experiment to try it out. Sometimes those experiments pay off and sometimes they don't. But inevitably, each experiment creates a small buzz and a little life of its own. Something that somebody remembers. It makes an impression on people, even if it doesn't work out the way you want it to. My business is just littered with these ideas. Old names, old projects, old pieces of intellectual property. People still ask about them, even if, I think, I've forgotten about them. Over the years, my business has been sort of a conglomeration of these names, projects, and pieces of IP. And it's been a mess to keep track of. Now, back in 2017, we streamlined our business model so that we were only focusing on our community-oriented projects, this podcast, our facilitated mastermind groups, and of course, our community. This was a huge step in the right direction. But unfortunately, in streamlining the business model, I missed the opportunity to also streamline the brand, and I missed it big time. (laughs) Well, back in January, we decided that it's never too late to do the right thing. And we started the work of bringing everything under the name What Works. Now our podcast, our community, and our facilitative mastermind groups all share some piece of the What Works brand. And I'll be honest, after all the name changes we've made in the last few years, including changing my own name, this change gave me a lot of anxiety. But as soon as we made the announcement, I felt a huge sense of relief. Do you sense a pattern here? Things started to feel easy again for the first time in ages. There was a new sense of everything being in the right place. It really is the same feeling as cleaning up your kitchen or tidying your closet. So do you have brand names, projects, or ideas that are constantly floating around just out of sight? Does your business and brand feel a bit fractured or unfocused? This is a great opportunity to look at what you want your business to be instead of making do with what it's become. I like to use a mind map for this decluttering project. That way I can see in its simplest form the actual shape of my business. What is at the heart of what we do? How does that take shape in the form of offers or projects? Can I better show through our branding or our messaging how these things relate to one another? And can I spot all the things that just don't belong? Every time I've done this, it's brought greater clarity and peace of mind to the way I approach my own business. 
Now, those are just three of the ways I've been tidying up my own business. Over the next month, we're going to be featuring a series of episodes with small business owners who have found success by streamlining, focusing, and decluttering their businesses. You'll hear from Jerisha Hawk, whose business took off when she decided to retire all of her offers and focus on just one program. She'll explain the mental challenge she faced making the decision, exactly how she retired her offers, and the system she uses for reliably selling her sole program again and again. Next, you'll hear from Mindy Totten, a business strategist for bodywork therapists who pared down her workload to fit in just three days per week. You'll hear what she needed to eliminate in order to do it and how her business adapted to the change. You'll also hear from Nicole Antoinette, who shares how building a Patreon community has allowed her to focus her business on her podcast, Real Talk Radio. You'll learn how this focus has not only given her the ability to concentrate on podcasting, but has allowed her to achieve goals like paying all of her podcast guests and hosting small retreats. Finally, you'll hear from Janaris Marte, who worked as a bit of a Jill of all trades in family photography for years before streamlining her business to focus on the adoption process and adoptive families. You'll learn how choosing a niche didn't just impact her marketing, but her whole business operation. Ready to get in on all the spring cleaning? Ready to tidy up your own business? Then join us at the What Works Network and we'll support you as you declutter, streamline, and focus. When you join us, you'll get access to our monthly flash masterminds, monthly community roundtable discussions, our private community forum, a global network of experienced small business owners, and concierge service from the What Works team. And of course, you'll get access to the spring cleaning virtual conference on March 21st, as well as the recordings of all of our virtual conferences on topics like content marketing, mindset, goal setting and planning, money, and more. We're going to be opening enrollment at the What Works Network for new members in just a couple of days. So go to explorewhatworks.com slash network and request your invitation. That's explorewhatworks.com slash network. This episode was edited by Sean McMullen. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 180 other episodes of What Works at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at explorewhatworks.com.